Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here again with Priscilla Weigel, one of our consultants who works for the Center and who um, is going to talk to us some more about play. We're so excited to have you here and your expertise, Priscilla. It's great to be here. So we've been talking about play Mm -hmm. and some of the challenges that can sometimes be presented through play with children and in the early childhood community. And today in particular, um, I think you're going to talk about children with a couple of different uh, issues that are a little bit related, Mm -hmm. but why don't you delve into that for us? Okay. Uh, When we look at play, and we've talked about this in our past play podcast, it's really important for young children to have the opportunity to play and play successfully. And when they don't have that opportunity, they are at risk for later learning issues maybe just in just interactive skills in school and we know now in elementary years children are involved more in group learning projects and a lot of things that really require more interaction with their peers and that understanding of the social cues and all those pieces that are so important not and not to even negate the just to be a happy, healthy human being, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to compete in the social world. And so we want children to be equipped and be feeling confident and comfortable with those skills. And that's why our role is so important in early childhood. And when we look at children who maybe are feeling anxious in a play situation by things that we see and observe, maybe they seem to look a little frightened when you say it's playtime. Or maybe they just sit quietly in a play group, in a play situation, and they don't really interact. They maybe sit on the sideline and wait to be talked to instead of entering into that play. Um, There's just a a feeling by their body language that they seem anxious and uncomfortable about the play in the the classroom or in the home setting. And we don't want to see that. Children should be filled with exuberance and joy. When we say play, they should be just running at that play, open and confident and feeling like this is the best thing that ever happened to them because it's so critical and we don't want to see that anxiety that's that's not the way a child should be playing that's no fun so we want to support them we want to help them understand that we get that we see that it's hard because for everyone play is not easy and so helping a child own that emotion by saying you know what i can see that's kind of it's kind of hard to decide where to play and so coming alongside them where they are as an adult and saying Boy, what are what's your favorite thing to do at home? If the child is verbal, talking about that, you know, helping them understand that process of choice. What do you like to do at home? What are some of your favorite things? Well, let's look around the room. What do we have that looks like that? Oh, there's something that you said you like to build. Look at what we have over in that circle over there on the rug. We have some building things. Let's go see if that's something that you might be interested in. So it just lessens that anxiety, and what they may be feeling is just, I don't know that first step. I don't know that first step, and I don't know how to take it. And when you help them work through that process in their brain by just talking them through it, you get that skill built in their own brain saying, oh, a choice is here. I know what to do when I have a choice. I think about what I like, and I make that decision based on my likes and dislikes or whatever, you know, depending on what the choice options are. So that anxiety is lessened because it helps the child feel like, first of all, they have an ally in you 
so they can always come to you and say, I don't know what to do, or there's too many choices, or I'm kind of scared. I really want to play over there, but those kids are already playing, and I don't want to, you know. So you can do different things like that. You can maybe give them a great prop to bring over to that area so that they come in with something that's used in the play that maybe wasn't there before, so the other kids are glad they're there, and they look up and say, oh, look at that. I'm so glad you brought that, you know, red block. We need that for the top of our tower, whatever. So that helps lessen the anxiety by just giving that child that comfort and confidence, and you're that anchor for them, maybe. And then slowly you wean yourself out of that role, because what you want them to do is be able to do it themselves. But you have to start out sometimes taking that extra time. And I think as providers and educators, we sometimes forget that children need play support. Exactly. And it's it's not that hard to do. And in the long run, it's going to be building that skill that's so critical for them. And for some children who, who may have disabilities who are in a child care program, anxiousness may be because they're either, maybe they're new to the program or um, maybe there's environmental um, factors that interfere with the child being able to really be fully included. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's way, I mean, have you seen that in some of your consulting where because the child um, has a disability, they seem anxious and there's reasons for that anxiousness based on not necessarily the disability, but overall the, the way the you know, program has been set up that maybe excludes a little bit mm-hmm. or well, and that feeds on that anxiousness. Right. But every child wants to belong and feel a part of things. And so if a child doesn't feel that, if they feel like they're really different and they stand out as different and it's a negative thing based on you know just how they're accepted into the classroom and how people are including them, they may just feel like they have no need to even try because they don't belong there. They're not part of the group. And so it's our role as the adult to set the stage for acceptance and that development of that sense of belonging, saying to the child that has the disability, whether it's a physical disability or whether it's just a learning delay, perhaps, or maybe it's a it's a communication delay that they may have. They have a hard time verbalizing what they need and want. And so when you think of a play situation, there's a lot of verbal interchange. Of course it's going to make you anxious because you don't, maybe don't have those skills. So once again, that's our job to set the stage. And it's okay for adults to start the process with a child to bring that child to an area and even say you know what we're going to start here today even if you have no idea if that child even likes that activity but you're just going to help them start somewhere Mm -hmm. and sensory activities are a great way to start because a lot of children enjoy those they're very non-threatening they're very calming and that also stems that bridge of calm versus anxiousness you know you can go squish the play-doh you can go pour the water over your hands and it's very easy to interact because you don't necessarily have to interact if you don't want to. You might just want to stand next to somebody and squish your fingers through the sand. And so it's really non-threatening. It's really It really lessens that anxiety, not to mention the whole sensory piece in the brain that's calming to your central nervous system that's going to create that sense for a child. So Excellent. that that really is one way to help with the anxiousness. And another issue that may come up too is a child who appears kind of aloof. Uh-huh. Like, I don't need this play thing. Sort of the opposite. The opposite of... Right. I don't know how to enter, excuse me, enter the play, but I don't really care, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And that aloofness can be a mask for other things that are going on for that child. They may just not know how to sustain play. They may not know once again that choice making process. How do I decide? What if I make the bad? What, what if I make a choice and I don't like it? Do I have to stay there? Mm-hmm. You know. And some centers do that where 
you have to stay in the center for this amount of time until the teacher says it's time to change and you know that's a whole nother discussion but um, I think that the more we can allow children to explore things in a comfortable way and once again the aloof piece is not necessarily that child saying that they don't need their peers but they maybe just need support uh-huh. and they need a peer that's going to f- have similar interests and maybe they can't figure that out on their own right. so we're going to help them to say oh look at she has the same color shirt that you do why don't you two girls in the pink shirt go over and play with the blocks and see what happens see what you can come up with because you guys have something in common already you know so you're just helping that child understand that play can be a good thing and they may they may be used to being playing alone all the time and it's sure easier to play alone when they the way they look at it because they're in charge and it's predictable i know how it's going to come out because it's just me mm-hmm. when you interject all these other bodies and personalities and temperaments scary right so we want to support them and help them to know that it doesn't have to be scary you're giving them some confidence builders mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes that might be the reason for the aloof yes yeah. sometimes it might be a different reason right and, and we're not exactly sure unless you're doing some really good monitoring of every child and their mm-hmm. development and, and again we're looking always for red flags sure and it may be that they are not interpreting social cues mm-hmm. you know they're not understanding the the visuals that are so important in interactions you know eye contact facial expressions crying or you know a, a look of disdain or uncomfortableness on the, on the part of their peer when they come near because they maybe come too close or they're you know invading their personal space or they're too loud or so the child isn't interpreting those those cues and so that makes social interaction really hard so of course the choice to withdraw and stay back is once again seems easier it seems to be that comfortable choice and not that we're going to just plop them into these really hard situations where they don't understand the cues but we're going to help them learn what those cues mean by confidence building by practice by talking them through by meeting them where they are Mm -hmm. instead of just expecting our agenda to be played out excellent because you talked in an earlier podcast about developmental stages of play in Mm -hmm. addition to the developmental stages of children right and how those go hand in hand and so a child may be at a different developmental stage in their play than perhaps some of their peers right and we know then they need certain math to master certain milestones like affiliation before they can go on to other milestones like uh, being able to problem solve with mm-hmm. their peers, and so it, it's it's complex, and yet it's play. Right, right, right. right. So yeah. um, there's a there's skill building for both the teacher and the child, and it's it's important for us as the adult to model joy, exactly, and playfulness. Excellent. To just be goofy and be okay and show them it's okay to be goofy. Some some children just feel uncomfortable about that, you know, because that's a real personal thing to show that you're you're kind of feeling vulnerable when you show people that you're feeling silly and goofy and and do I trust these people to accept me when I do that? And so as as modeling that as an adult, you know, saying what color is that dinosaur? Oh, tell me more. I love dinosaurs with purple polka dots. I had one under my bed yesterday. And then the child will look at you like, what? Are you kidding me? You know, and then you maybe both laugh and move on to the next level of conversation or whatever. But but connecting with them on that playful level is really important. 
Great. Thank you again, Priscilla, for this conversation about children who may be anxious or aloof in the, in their play and mm-hmm. the characteristics then that they're showing adults in their play and some great ideas and tips on how we can help that child. So we're going to continue this discussion of play okay. in our next podcast. Great. So thank you for being here. That's all for now. See you next time.